So let's open in prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that how much you love us, how much you pursued us, how much you've gone after us, that your love doesn't end and your love doesn't fail. And Father, I just pray this morning that our eyes would be open to see, our ears would be open to hear, that we can see a new aspect of you through Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for all you've done, provided, and given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to read this psalm real quick. And so I just want you to ponder. It's Psalm, one through five, psalm 103, 1 through 5. And it's going to set the backdrop, backdrop of where we're going. But I want you to know who David's talking to. In verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So he's talking to himself. How many know sometimes it's good to have a dialogue with yourself? So he's not necessarily talking to anybody else. He's talking about an inner conversation that he's having with, with himself. You know, doesn't Philemon says that, the, that a sharing of our faith becomes effective by, by the acknowledgement of every good thing that's on the inside of us? We're really good at acknowledging all the other things, but a lot of times we forget the things that God has done, paid for, purchased, and placed on the inside of us. And so David's doing the same thing. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. So again, as I'm reading this, I want you to talk to yourself. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all, all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, I'm convinced David had to speak this to himself because I think he had forgotten. We go through our day and we forget a lot of these things. But David's saying to remind us. So I'm going to, that's where we're kind of going this morning is I want to I want to change gears a little bit, but I want you to catch something that he said, that he forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, and who redeems your life from destruction, and who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, there's many people here that come into Chiang Mai for rest, for reprieve, but a lot of times they were in one direction, and all of a sudden things got all changed up, and so they found themselves here in a holding pattern of what's next, God. And a lot of times in that journey, we start creating this impression, well, God, did I miss you? What's going on? Why weren't you there? Why am I worn out? And we start going through the list of all the things that could be wrong, all the things that could be missing, all the things that could have happened. And then we can be in danger of shaping beliefs of how God operates. Maybe God does it this way. Maybe God does it that way. And I want to free that for this morning. Because if God is willing to pursue you at the very beginning, how much more is he pursuing you now? So I bring us to start with this question, which is easier? Jesus asked this question. He asked it three times in the gospel. And this is the question he was asking. It starts in Matthew 9.5. He gets done, the paralytic comes, lays down in front of him. He looks at the young man. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. And then he heard some Pharisee say in their heart, now who, this guy, who does this guy think he is? He can't do that. And so he answers the question, which is easier, the forgiveness of sins or the healing of the body? By the end, I hope you tie in, you'll, you'll catch where we're going with this. Which one's easier? I asked this to some inmates 
when I was uh, pastoring in South Carolina, uh, we were working inside the jail, and I went inside the jail, and I, I really was coming to the place that, God, it's interesting that we've, we've, you came, you were a spirit being, man was down here, you were up here, and God of the Old Testament, and this spirit realm kind of connecting with the natural realm, but you were providing naturally for him, and it was at least some of the time. And so you're, you're, you're providing naturally for him, but then all of a sudden you come to build this relationship to reveal yourself through your son Jesus Christ. You came as a man so we could relate to you, we can identify with you, we can have this connection with you. And all of a sudden you come as a man and all these things start taking place. Then you ascend back into heaven and we almost make you back spiritual again. Which he is. But he's also natural. And it's almost like we resolve some of the natural solutions to we're not sure what God's going to do, but we trust this, the, the spiritual realm. We, we know something's going to happen in the sweet by and by when it's over. But it's interesting when we come for prayer requests or you're dealing with the natural world or you're out ministering to people, what's the need that they bring? It is a spiritual need, but how is it manifesting in natural? So how do the two work together? And how, does that, how do we deal with that in our life? And how do we walk with that as a believer? How do, we, how do we make those arguments and those distinctions? Everyone would agree that your sins are forgiven if you're a believer. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We believe that, right? So we could say we know we're, our sins are forgiven. How do you prove that? How do you know that? How do you know that's true? And you'll tell me, because the Bible says so. So if the Bible says something else about you that's natural, would you believe that too the same way? Just, I'm just posing the question. We went into, we were working um, with the Department of Probation and the director. Uh, we were sitting down, we went up there to have lunch with the staff and at lunch, the director says, you need to get in the van. We're going to go up and visit a prisoner. And this was becoming a constant occurrence that we'd go up there to have lunch and we'd end up getting in the van going somewhere. And so on the way up to the, the clinic we were going to, I said, where are we going? He said, well, there's someone you need to meet. I said, well, can you tell me a little bit about who this person is? He said, well, in the news, this happened about three years ago, there was a, a German man married to a Thai wife, him and, his, or him and his wife were having this huge fight, there was drugs involved, it was a big deal, and he grabbed his uh, baby girl and hung her over the third story ring of the mall to try to threaten his wife. And so, police came, he was arrested, um, and they put him into drug treatment for uh, the drug use, but the problem was, even in the drug treatment, he became so violent with the staff. He was a very tall man, and um, compared to what the staff was, it was kind of like a giant David and Goliath type event, constantly. And they didn't know what to do with him, because he would go and cut himself. He would do all these things to him so he could be put into the psychiatric ward so he could get better drugs. And so he was in constant mode of trying to get to the psychiatric ward. And his, he, just, he had lost it. And so we're driving all the way up. We're on our way up, and I'm saying, so what do you want me to do with him? And it was very interesting because if we will allow what God's done in our spirit in us flow into the world around us, they're seeing the natural things. They don't know it, but they're seeing it. He says, 
well, you're going to go help him. I said, I don't know how to help him. He said, God's with you. I go, what do you mean God's with me? From his, I mean, I know God's with me, but how are you knowing God's with me? You being Buddhist, and, and you, this is what we talk about when you, we sit down for lunch. You have the philosophy class, and we go forward, and we're talking about Christianity, we're talking about Buddhism, we have built this great relationship. And he said, one thing I've known is I read the Bible. And in Moses, when God told him to do something, he went and did it, God did something. Now, isn't this interesting that the world around us is looking for this tangible response to who, what Christianity is. And we know it's a spiritual issue first, right? We know that. We know that once our hearts are settled, it becomes a peace. It becomes a rest on the inside of us. And we all know that we, there's things that are going on around us. And because something bad goes, doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. We have that. There's a security in that. But there's something that the world is looking for that they don't know because the only thing they know is natural. And when they see it, something natural and God show up in it, all of a sudden it brings ideas like, wow, this can be real. So he said, Brian, every time you've gone somewhere, God's shown up and something's happened. And I wasn't even recognizing it. I was just being me. So we get up to the prison, or we get up to the center, and there's, there's a council up there. There was the, the police were there, the, the, uh, the immigration was there, the, the uh, psychiatrist was there, and it was this big group because they wanted this guy to go, but it was at a time when Thailand wanted to show they could solve problems with, with government issues and with the Asian market was starting to open up. So they're in this mode of, we need to fix this. We can't just send everything off. But everyone to send the problem off. Understandably so. Don't we want to do that every once in a while too? If we can just send the problem away, we could be much better. So they got done going through the panel and this guy's a wreck. And I said, you know, in a moment, there's something that Jesus says, if you allow your heart to flow with compassion towards other people, do you know God has a way of giving you the words to say? You don't even need to come with the plan, the script. He'll give you the words. And so you know what? But taking the words means you have to step out to do something that isn't always comfortable. And I've learned to just step out and do things that aren't comfortable. And as I, as I go in and I, I go, can I have 15 minutes with him? 15 minutes. They said, okay. So they cleared the room and they gave me 15 minutes with the man. And I just stopped and I looked at him and I said, why are you running? The only thing that came out of my mouth, I don't know nothing. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you've been running for a long time, but if you realize that God has stopped the whole earth just for you, that God in his love for you has just stopped everything to have a government change policy, have them go through different immigration issues, to be able to come to this point for you. He goes, when I was a boy, and he starts telling this story. Never believed in Jesus, didn't really know the story. Bible wasn't real, it wasn't relevant. He was taught none, all of those things. But something was in him and I go, stop running. And then they stopped my little meeting and we left. I'm like, I don't know what I just did. But it, maybe that was good, maybe that was not. You know, you sit and contemplate, should I said more? Should I have done this? When love is involved, when, when you're bringing life to people, something takes place. Three days later, we go back up for lunch. We were doing this quite a bit because we were doing projects up there. and went, went back and had lunch with the, the staff at the probation department. The director came in the room and he said, did you bring a Bible? 
I have a Bible. Good. We're going to go back up there. Right now. I said, okay. So we go back up. I said, why are we going up? Something's changed. Something has gone. Whatever you did, we don't want it to stop. So you need to bring a Bible. So we ended up, I had one, get up there, give him the Bible. Only had a couple minutes. The therapist comes in, the psychiatrist. What did you say to this man? I, I don't know. I didn't. told him what I told him. And they were like trying to process, what does that have anything to do with his change? Radically changed. All of a sudden he starts helping the staff. He starts working with the staff. We give him the Bible. He asks, what do I read? So I said, start in Leviticus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so just read the book of John. And when you're done, just read it again. And when you're done, just read it again. And when you're done, just read it again. A week later, you got to go back up. Okay, what now? He's helping all the other people. He's making their beds. He's doing all this stuff for them. This guy, I talked to his wife. He was never like this before. I went and sat down to him, and he was just glowing. So the question is, which is easier? The forgiveness of sins or the healing of the body? Just glowing. Everything. He goes, I've never been so free in my life. I said, what happened? I read in John 1 that I have the right to be a son of God. And I just believe that. Something went off in him. Dishes. For the next three and a half months, it was never a rustle. That was the last I saw him, so I don't know beyond that point. But I'll tell you what happened at that point. Something miraculous took place in this guy's body. He was healthy. He was strong. He had energy. Everything was taking place. And I think it's interesting that we've lost the idea that one is actually working with the other. Back to my South Carolina story, which I started with. South Carolina went into the jail. This verse really hit, and I said to the said to, said to our group that had been gathering, these guys knew the Bible as good as any theologian. You can just throw out a verse, and it was like sitting there with Google. Hey, where does it talk about? And they would just quote it to you. So I said, I think it's just time that we just take this idea of what's spiritual and how, how does it come into the natural realm? How's it just being the natural? You know, I'm just asking questions. Is that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those curious guys. I want to know. You know, when I tell my kids an idea, they want to go test it. I'm teaching my daughter how to drive a car. Why? Because she went to the driver's ed, but driver's ed didn't do much for her when it actually comes to be sitting behind the wheel. There has to become a natural transition from what you know to what you can do. Like, if you sit in the class all day long and I give you the keys to the car, we're going to have a problem because everyone's going to get direct because there has to be an application in the natural to what's going on, in that case, in the intellectual, right? So I looked at the guys and I asked them this question, which one's easier? And at first they said, well, the forgiveness of sins. I said, really? No, probably healing of the body. Why? Well, okay, forgiveness of sins. I go, I'm not trying to quiz you on this. I'm, I didn't come with the right answer to the question. I'm just asking you which one. They said, well, we'll say forgiveness of sins, but you can't really prove that happened, so it's easier to believe that one. The other one, you have to actually see an actual demonstration of something happening, and that's a real hard one to get to, so we'll stick with forgiveness of sins. But how are you? Has anything ever changed in you? 
Well, kind of. We know the Bible says that he forgives our sins. I go, well, what's going on in you? Do you feel forgiven? Well, what does that feel like? Do you feel like you used to be? Kind of. Huh. So I said, well, we might as well just figure it out. So who's, who's sick here? And this one guy in there, he's this huge muscle guy. Great guy. He was just a big guy. And he couldn't lift his shoulder. He had damaged his shoulder. And anytime someone bumped the shoulder, he'd get really angry. I didn't know this till after they told me that. Well, again, I just stepped out. I, I just said, well, how about this? We test it. God can heal your arm, he can forgive your sins. If he heals the arm, we trust that he forgives your sins. Okay. So I walked over to the guy, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I grabbed his arm and lifted it up, and I will never do that again, just so you know. <laughs> because the look on his face was worth a thousand words, and it was like, I'm really mad that you just did that, and I cannot believe what just happened. And he started moving his arm around. He says, Wow. So now which one is real? How do the forgiveness of sins and something took place in that room? Something took place because it's interesting that Jesus ties these two things together, the forgiveness of sins and the healing of the body. And I, I'm really cautious in an environment, especially in an environment like this, where all different backgrounds, experiences and everything else. It's easy when I'm just in a village and you're just speaking. It's different here because I know the arguments. I grew up with all the arguments and I, I could probably stand and tell you why none of this happens anymore today until I just stepped out and I started seeing it and then I didn't want to know anymore about why not. What about why? Why can't it? Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet he esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Prophetically, about an event that was going to happen. But maybe that's just dealing with spiritual stuff, not really the natural stuff. Right? Maybe that's just a spiritual thing. Jesus comes along and repeats it again. You know, if something's repeated three times in different parts of Scripture, we probably should... Kind of take heed to this. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now wait a second. Now he's demonstrating in the natural what he was talking about before. But what's the greater thing if people get their body healed but their spirits don't ever change? So obviously he's trying to get people to wake up to a greater, a greater thing. But then we see it again in 1 Peter 2.24, which Pastor Rob had spoke on. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. So again, a prophetic word, a natural demonstration, and then again to the believer, a promise that was given to us. So Brian, are you saying that if I'm not healed in my body, then I'm not forgiven of sin? I'm saying, no, I'm not. I'm saying you've, you believe an aspect, but we've chosen not to believe all the aspect. There's more, but it's not so much for you. Yet it is, because those are the benefits. You know, it's like a car. 
I can get a car with four wheels and drive and it has a good motor, but it is nice when there's power windows and there's power locks and there's a nice radio and there's GPS and all that. Those are kind of the benefits, but I'm going to use them if it's in the car. So again, Matthew 10, 7 through 8 says, and as you go, preach saying the kingdom is, so he's telling his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. This brings me to the point, because no point in this is I'm saying this is what you need to go start doing. Because if you've never freely received all of it, how do you give it? If you've never experienced the love of God touch your heart in a way that melts you, how do you really love somebody else? It becomes mechanical. If you've received the forgiveness of sins that you knew God has washed everything that you were and brought you into a new place, it's easy to go share with someone what God will do with your sins. It's easy to go share with someone what God has done to change your life. That's easy. Because you have it. And then the more you give it out, the more confident you become in it, and the more it becomes real. That's many of us. But then there's other areas that just we've had been disappointed in. We didn't know how to step into it. We didn't know what were the rules for doing it. And I'm telling you, sometimes there's no rules for it. Jesus says there's no law against loving people. When we walk in his love, there's not a law against that. And I've made many mistakes in this journey of, of walking in this. The one thing we've never done is condemn a person. Because God's more interested in their heart. And as you go, preach the kingdom saying. So this is interesting. His disciples were first told not to go tell them that their sins are forgiven, but to go tell them that the kingdom of God is here and heal their bodies. Restore them well. How many things has God provided for us that just have never been received? This became my pursuit. When God began speaking to us about the Father and the Son and that relationship, it started exposing me how much the Father passionately loved me. How far He would go for me. What would He do on my behalf? How much has He pursued me? How would He go pursue a man that was destroying everything around him to bring life to him. Why would he bother doing that? Because he loved us. How much more does he love us, but have we forgotten to remind ourselves of those things? Or have we just become mechanical within our process of sometimes just doing ministry and I'm pointing the fingers at myself so I can sit down there, I'll talk to my... How much have I put into what I'm doing and how I'm performing and how I'm measuring up and what am I accomplishing and am I doing enough and am I doing enough and am I doing enough that I've forgotten to say, what are you giving from? Let me fill you. Let me love you and then this becomes the natural outflow. If I take a cup, fill it all the way full and keep pouring in, something's going to run out on everything else. I want to be the, let it run out. I'm not passionate about this, but it is. <clears throat> we can only give away what we've received. 
You can only give away what you've received. This young woman, we were doing a healing service up in um, uh, Qingdao, and this woman came in, bent over, in extreme pain, and she came up for prayer afterwards, and um, I'm very patient with this process because God was never in a rush with me, so I'm not in a rush with them. So she came up for prayer, and she was very disappointed. I said, what's wrong? She goes, nothing happened. I said, just have a seat. This is that. We began praying for people. And as we were praying for her, we went to not dealing with the physical issue, but I asked her, what's going on in your life? Why do you feel like you need to be carrying the weight of the world? And she started explaining her husband was in prison. She has two kids. She fell down and she said she broke her back. I'm not sure if she broke her back in translation or she really hurt her back, but somehow there's a big problem. Now she can't work. She has to lay down all the time. And she has these small children. She has no family in the village, nobody to help her carry the weight. And so we just started ministering to her how much God loved her. And God, through someone else with us, just had a word for her that touched her heart and it just melted her. Service ends, she goes home, still bent over. Came back the next day and I'm looking for the lady coming in. See how our own mindset is? I was looking for the lady that was bent over coming in. But there was no bent over lady coming in. So I was kind of disappointed that she didn't come back to the service the next night. Until at the end I said, does anybody have a testimony from the service? And all of a sudden this lady comes up and I look at her and go, hey, you're the lady. And all she said was, God loves me. And she went on about how much God loves her. How he's freed her. And he just went, she went on and on. All night she couldn't get over how much God loved her. I said, what happened to your back? And she goes, she had forgotten all about her back. But I find it interesting that once the heart begins to connect, everything else starts to align because God wants you well. God wants you to be the ones that the world starts looking to for answers because he's in you. And they start pulling off of you because he's in you. And it's so much easier than trying to be in the one always pushing the information. It's so much more fun when they're pulling the information. But that's what he has for you because he's the one pushing it into you. And we're pulling from him. So it's interesting, James 14 through 15 closes out. It says, if anyone is sick, and let me just throw this slight little disclaimer in here. I know what it's like to have pain that never goes away for a long time and you just get used to it and it just makes it a part of your life and you just move on and you still love God and you still serve God. God isn't mad at you and there's not something wrong with you. So you need to clear your head of the condemnation, which is why we create beliefs about why God doesn't do things. Rather, keep reminding yourself of who you are. Do what David did and keep reminding yourself. Let God do his work in you, but you don't really need to receive any condemnation. But at the same time, don't think it's over. If anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him 
anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, it's very quick, that's very important. The prayer of divine persuasion. That's what faith is. I'm divinely persuaded that this is the truth. We'll save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Interesting. The two go hand in hand again. Throughout Scripture, these two things just keep working together. But I'm more convinced as a believer, as we get a hold of what God has done for us, as we get a hold of, man, how much He loves us, what He's cleansed us of, what He's washed us from, what He's made us into, what the new creation that we become. And all of a sudden, we start seeing things taking place in the body. It's for those out there that start looking that they can grab a hold of. Now all of a sudden, ministry is just so much more fun. But more importantly, you start meeting an aspect of who Jesus is in the Father that changes you. 